Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a woman who has done so much to make a footprint in this world and what what an amazing career and amazing life that she has had and and still having and uh, she is uh, absolutely uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Ingrid Newkirk as uh, a very special guest today and she's the founder uh, of uh, PETA uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals, and I guess it was probably 1980 uh, when she found it. And I, I can't imagine that she would even imagine that it would it would grow to where it is now uh, globally, and uh, just all the wonderful things that have happened through Peter. Uh, her latest, by the way, uh, her latest is is a wonderful book that is a must get, certainly for the holiday season here. Uh, 250 Vital Things That Your Cat Wants You to Know. Kim Basinger wrote the the forward to the book, if I'm not mistaken. And Ingrid, how are you? I'm fine, Frank. I hope you are the same, too. I, I am. And I, let me just ask you before we get into the book, are, are you uh, surprised of what you... Uh, were you expecting the impact when when you first uh, founded this organization? Did you think it would have this kind of effect or longevity? I've never been a crystal ball person, but I grew up caring about animals, and I just didn't know. I was one of those people who just didn't know all the ways in which they're harmed by just simple things we do when we go to the store or when we choose a coat. or It just hadn't occurred to me, so... When I found out, I thought there must be a lot of other people like me who would like to know so they can make better decisions that don't hurt animals. And it struck a nerve. And all these people just sort of came out of the woodwork and said, really, there's something we can do to help? That's count us in. And so it's just grown and grown since. Yeah, it's just uh, amazing. But uh, the impact, the uh, the the power of one, or I should say two, your co-founder, and um, just uh, but the power of of a single life, what it can do, and and the effect that it can have. If you don't mind, give us a little bit of your your history before we go into the book too. And uh, where did it all start out for you? Oh well, I grew up caring about animals. There was a big old dog in my house when I was born. And so we grew up almost like brother and sister. You know, he slept on my bed. I slept in his dog basket. <laughs> and we did everything together. Um, we even got car sick at the same time. My mother would have to pull the car over for both of us. Um, so I always had a bond with animals from the moment that I opened my eyes into the world. But I didn't connect the dots. And, you know, I'm 72. And back then, when I was growing up, People who cared about animals thought nothing of going hunting, of, um, you know, eating them, wearing them. Uh, I went to India for a time when I was a child, and people would come by the house. They were going out pig-sticking, which means hunting wild boar with spears. We had a tiger-skin rug. I thought that was just great. It looked lovely. So we didn't connect the dots. But later on in life, choices came about. I had some experiences. I became a cruelty investigations officer. And what I saw was animals caught in steel traps so that kids could sell their pelts, the fear in their eyes. 
I saw a pig who'd been left on a farm, was the only surviving animal. Um, all the others had died of starvation. And I thought, I saw the callousness. I went into laboratories and I found people go home at five o'clock and they leave the animals there in their cement cages in all sorts of distress. So my eyes were opened and I thought, I need to open other people's eyes. And that's what I started to do. Show them what goes on behind the scenes and then show them the fabulous alternatives and the wonderful things they can do so they don't even unknowingly contribute to animals being in trouble. Yeah, well, that's that's a big word, unknowingly, because I think so many people, if they were aware, and at this point, uh, you know, organizations like uh, the one you started and others, and there are other excellent groups that uh, that that point out things, and uh, you know, at this point, people are becoming more and more aware. But it, you you had a huge impact on that, Ingrid, and uh, absolutely thank you for all of uh, all of what you've done. Uh, Frank McKay here, if you're just joining us or if you're just turning on your radio a little late, Ingrid Newkirk is our very special guest. And uh, her latest is 250 Vital Things That Your Cat Wants You to Know. Uh, Ingrid, tell us about the book. Well, Frank, um, in our office, we have three cats. They're a family, and they're part of 60 cats who came up from Louisiana when there was the BP oil spill. And people lost their jobs, they fled the state, and a lot of them abandoned animals. So the three we have in our office, we have always tried to undo the trauma they've been through. A lot of them, all three of them had a physical problem. One has three and a half legs. And we just wanted to look after them in the best possible way. In that 12 years, we've learned a lot about cats' likes and dislikes, about hazards that we have to avoid, about missteps. And I thought, couple that with all I've seen over the years with PETA and how cats are treated outdoors, indoors. Let me put together at least 250 vital things that your cat wants you to know. And so there are probably more in the book, but it, it was great to do because I don't want people to make the same mistakes. They don't have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, as as someone who recently had five cats, uh, plus there's feral cats that we uh, that we uh, we look over, but uh, we lost two of our cats uh, recently. But um, we uh, we're very, very big on 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 cats. Uh, do you see uh, light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see uh, animals getting better treatment? Now, I know we have a long way to go, but uh, do you have an optimistic uh, approach to not only cats and how they are treated, but uh, animals in general? I do find young people are much more attuned, which is always the case with any movement. I mean, the needle has moved and they've grown up in an era where it's not as abusive or exploitive as the era before. So I do have great hope. I know when we were starting, if you wanted some alternative to dairy milk, whether it was for your health, your doctor had told you, or you found out about calves being taken away from their loving mothers, or whatever it was, and today it's the environment that's very big on this, you could go to the store, you'd have to get soy powder and mix it with water and try to make something. Today, you go to the grocery store and you stand for 10 minutes, there's Oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, coconut milk, macadamia milk. I mean, things have changed because people have said, I would like this, I would like that. You can, consumer demand is such a big mover. So, yes, the biggest circus in the world has closed. 
took us a long time to close it, a lot of demonstrations, a lot of agitation. Um, and nobody wants fur anymore. So we've moved on, you know, things are getting better, but we have to keep agitating, pushing, persuading, cajoling, and so on. Yeah, that, that's true about fur. Uh, you know, like even even fake fur, when somebody has fake fur on, uh, it, it looks offensive and people <laughs> choose not to use it. And it's, it, look, I mean, if you have fake fur, you have fake fur. But uh, uh, the, uh, the the thing is, I, I, I think in general, what you've done with the with the fur movement, is, uh, is is tremendous because think about that people are even reluctant to wear fake fur right because they don't yeah. want to be mistaken for somebody who's insensitive to uh, to uh, how that fur was uh, was created even though it wasn't created which is a huge <laughs> accomplishment i mean just uh, yeah Almost all, uh, you're right, al almost all couturiers, uh, fashion houses, and so on, have just abandoned it. Whereas in the past, when we were coming up and pushing, they would say, no, 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 we're never going to get rid of fur. Fur is luxury. L fur isn't luxury anymore. It's, it's considered hideous. Um, we, we have a saying, I, I wouldn't be seen dead in fur. And, and, and it is. It's stolen from the backs of animals that it, that it belongs on. But what we see now, Frank, when you say, is the hope, is yes, because you have huge designers like Stella McCartney and Vivian Westwood and all these big ones and young designers coming up that are using, uh, instead of down, which is taken plucked from geese, they have um, flower down. They have tea leather, coconut leather, pineapple leather. And sometimes people don't even realize that's what they're looking at. They have to look at the label to see that it's actually vegan leather. And that's what young people today want. Yeah, it's, uh, incredible. Once again, Ingrid Newkirk, uh, the founder of, of PETA, uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals, and uh, as she said, they've moved on because of the great progress that they've uh, they've made. And again, there's still atrocities out there, but uh, for the most part, I, it, what what a, a tremendous tremendous impact Ingrid's life has met to uh, to so many others and and to animals everywhere. The the book, her latest, is 250 vital things that your cat wants you to know. Frank McKay here with Ingrid. Uh, Ingrid, uh, give us give us the top five. Again, we want people to buy the book, so don't spoil everything, but give, give, us, <laughs> give us five vital things that, uh, that our cats would want us to know. Well, Frank, there's a lot. I don't think I'll give anything away because there are so many tips. Um, I think the first and most important thing is that ownership describes your relationship with a pair of sneakers, not with your cat. You're their guardian. Uh, you, they believe that you are their whole world. And when you see on the Internet cats, you know, batting away a person's iPhone or jumping on them when they're asleep in bed or sitting on their computer keyboard, as Kim Basinger says, her cat always did, you have to be patient because they're saying to you, I'm trying to communicate with you. I care about you. I don't have much to do. You can come and go, but I'm here, or they should be stuck in because of traffic and dogs and raccoons and all these things outside. Um, but I love you, so please pay attention. Tear yourself away from talking to people on the Internet or, or on the phone and, and talk to me. So getting attention is the number one thing. And cats are cheap dates. You don't have to buy them expensive toys. You can get a cardboard box. It can be any size, and they'll squash themselves into it. They'll lounge in it. They adore them. 
or shopping bags, but always cut the handles off because there can be a disaster. Holidays coming up, I would say very important. Put the poison control hotline on your fridge and your phone. Um, you can find it on the Internet, so I won't give it to you now. Um, check into your dryer before you ever put the start button on because they love to crawl into warm places. If someone brings you a poinsettia or any plant with a heart-shaped leaf, don't don't bring it into the house because it can cause them to be in, in trouble, even kill them. If they go outside the box, don't be angry. In fact, never be angry at your cat. There's no point and they get offended. Um, but that could be a sign they're also trying to tell you they have a physical problem or they're miffed at you and they're, st they're trying to get through to you. Always a vet, not a regret. And please keep animals inside. Adopt, don't shop, spay and neuter. And if you've got a foldy bed, look behind it to make sure they haven't crept in there. Um, give them a room with a view, at least. Uh, many, many, many things. Yeah, d wonderful. Uh, all of that is is wonderful. Uh, let me ask you, uh, before I let you go, on the on the puppy mills. Uh, that uh, that hopefully are are going out of uh, out of style, but the, again we know they're still in existence. I mean, people walk in thinking, "Oh, look at the beautiful puppy," and and they're right, it is a beautiful puppy. They're forgetting how that puppy got there, and they're not or they're not, not forgetting. They they might not be aware of how that puppy got there and how many puppies that mother is forced to produce. And I, I you know, it, give us an update on. On, on puppy mills. Are we making progress there? Well, Frank, we are making progress, but as you say, it's not enough because where there's money to be made, people will try to make it. So never go to a, a pet shop or, and they'll tell you, they'll, they'll tell you to your face, oh, no, no, we don't get from puppy mills. And oh, yes, yes, most of you do. Um, and these are cages like rabbit hutches uh, where these animals are out in all weather. And they're just used as baby-making machines. Many of the puppies die, they're shipped, they're sickly, and they cost a lot of money for you. What on earth are you thinking about? Please don't perpetuate that cycle of abuse. Go to the shelter, any shelter. Every one of them is crammed full of the most wonderful dogs and cats of all kinds, shapes, sizes, and ages. And there are rescue groups galore online. And please... Get somebody who is homeless now and take them home. And if you can, get two. You'll have twice as much love and they'll keep each other company when you're at work or out and about. Yeah, uh, wonderful advice. Uh, uh, real quick on, on uh, feral cats. Uh, my wife and I uh, feed, you know, feral cats, and when we can, when we get close enough to one and we realize they're not spayed or neutered, we... we Capture, <laughs> capture is the wrong word, but we we gather them and and bring them in to get them uh, taken care of. Uh, w what should we be aware of with with feral cats? Uh, what's what's our responsibility as a society to uh, to do? We hear conflicting things. Why not ask Ingrid Newkirk, the founder of Peter, this uh, this question? How should we handle our responsibilities to the to the feral cats that are out there? Well, I take my hat off to you and your wife, Frank, because whenever we see an animal in trouble in any way, hungry or cold or injured, um, our responsibility as decent human beings is to stop and try to render aid, to try to do something. And that might be 
things. It's certainly, if, if feral cats are going to be out there, it's spaying and neutering so that they don't have more cats out there. Because not very many of them, if any, come to a good end. There are all sorts of dangers out there. And they have a hard life when they're outside. Which is one reason I say, if you've got a cat inside, don't let them out. I have to wonder, where do these cats come from? I mean, they're really not truly feral. And what you find is because people are afraid of euthanasia nowadays in the shelters, which sometimes can be a blessing, they take a, a cat who's known only a home and just put them outside rather than do anything else. And so those cats don't know how to fend for themselves. They get, you know, heart trouble. They get rotted teeth. They get cystitis. They get all sorts of things. And if you're feeding, you don't necessarily see that. You don't know, and you may not be able to catch them up again. So you just always have to do as much as you can in a sensible way as you can and be as kind as you can. Compassion is truly the most wonderful virtue. And there are so many little beings looking at us and seeing the privilege we have and hoping that we'll extend something to them. You know, there's a uh, there's a cat that recently joined us and been feeding him outside our house, and uh, and we got to the point where where I could pick him up, I could pet him, I could even reach down and give him a little kiss on the on his little head, right? Uh, but anytime I tried to bring him into the house, he would go, he would act like I'm trying to kill him, you know, like he had no idea what the, what the house was, you know. So I finally got him in. And uh, and every time he gets a, a chance for daylight, he runs for that door. He's just been uh, <laughs> he, he's just been out too long, and he's uh, you know freedom. But when it gets cold, he he comes in willingly. Now I don't have to bring him there, but uh, that's a difficult part of it is uh, is getting them in. Let me remind folks to buy the book. Please buy this book. Two hundred and fifty vital things that your cat wants you to know. Kim Basinger wrote the forward to it, and uh, and and for good reason. Ingrid Newkirk is the author of this uh, from PETA. She's the founder of PETA, uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, and what an impact she made. I believe it's 1980, but I'm just going on memory. I, is it is it 1980, Ingrid? Is yeah, it certainly was. It was 1980 when we founded the group. Um, but what you said I think is so important. A lot of them are carrying memories of something unpleasant that happened to them in kittenhood or puppyhood. And you'll never know, but they've got, they've, they're, they're worried about what will happen to them if they get into a house again or if they let a human put their hands on them. Um, you had mentioned, by the way, um, <laughs> how to make your cat happy in, 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 indoors. And I think it is important if you can keep a cat indoors to do so. Just about three weeks ago in Ohio, um, a cat went out and came back with bubonic plague. We haven't even heard of that in so long. But they are at, at the mercy of people who might be unkind out there. They can go investigating down a storm drain, and then suddenly a flush of water comes through and they're gone. So always microchip them. Um, give them, a, a, even if you have to just push a piece of furniture up against the window, put a bird feeder outside it because they're professional bird watchers, or just let them sit there on a comfy thing, a piece of rug, a towel, or so on. And I should say, I do not recommend self-cleaning litter boxes. I don't recommend clay litter. It can clog certainly a kitten's intestines, just the way it clumps. I recommend corn cobs. Um, and there's so many things like that in the book. And 
I, I just, um, I, I can't give you enough. <laughs> no. it's, uh, they've got to buy the book. You have to buy the book. It's so important. 250 vital things that your cat wants you to know. Um, I've ordered two, and uh, and and I'm one for myself and uh, and one for a friend, and I, I'll be giving out others as presents uh, along the way. It is a must, everyone. It is an absolute must. 250 vital things that your cat wants you to know. Ingrid Newkirk is the author of this wonderful book, and it just it's the least of the wonderful things she's done in this world. Ingrid Newkirk, I want to thank you and congratulate you on all your success and, uh, and just thank you for everything that you've done. Can you give us a website or a social media site that we can use to follow along with what you're doing? Yes, please, peter.org. I mean, if you want to know uh, how to trim a cat's nails, how to find a home for a homeless cat, uh, what to do if your cat goes missing, or anything to do with any animal situation that you have, please go to peter.org, and we will try to help you in any way we can. Uh, Ingrid, thank you once again. Congratulations on the book. Again, I'm going to repeat it you know, like a broken record because it's a, it's a must. 250 vital things that your cat wants you to know. Ingrid Newkirk, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Frank, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Ingrid Newkirk, the founder of PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, 1980. Just think about that, 1980. And, uh, you know, again, no one would have imagined uh, the impact uh, that, that the uh, a heartfelt um, movement uh, starting out. You know, small movement started out, turned into a monster, a giant. Uh, I shouldn't say monster because that sounds negative. <laughs> it turned into a, an absolute uh, godsend for so many animals out there and animal lovers. And, uh, again, buy this book, 250 Vital Things That Your Cat Wants You to Know. Frank McKay signing off. Ingrid Newkirk has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. <laughs>